0: In your audience, I'm sure people who have lost children, or who have lost a husband or a loved one, and their heart aches, and they say, "God, you know why? Why?" But I know that my son, I would not want him to come back to this earth. I I know where he's at, and I know the peace and the love and the greatness that he's experiencing, and. Why would I want him to come back? i sure I miss him. Sure, but I will see him again. I know that. And why bring him back to the pain of this earth? And why would you want to bring your loved one? They don't want to come back. Trust well, My name is Kat Dunkel, and I'm in the United States. Uh, I have a story I feel that's important to tell. And I'm uh, wanting to, on this program, to come to you today. And my story starts as a... a A child uh, in a family with a very angry alcoholic father. Um, There just wasn't any communication or uh, going to church or or faith or any type of uh, really cohesive thing in our family. Uh, I grew up very insecure because my father was transferred all over the country with his job and I would be taken out of schools and put into new schools that had a different curriculum and so i wouldn't know what to do uh i so i had a very difficult time learning which caused me to be very self-conscious in a lot of ways um i uh, uh really was very sad and in my life most of my life um and when i grew into my teen years i became very rebellious and angry um because of the what i suffered as a child um i went uh did things that I shouldn't have done was not a good kid and I had got into trouble but then I hopped out of my life with my angry parents and into a marriage with an abusive alcoholic by the time I was 21 I had two small children two young sons and a nervous breakdown I left Kansas City uh, and moved to Seattle, which was about 2,000 miles away, I left my husband. Before I left, I had gone out in the living room, and I looked up at the sky, and I said, you know, God, if you're really up there, which I did not believe he was, if you're really there, if you just give me one year to be happy, to know what it's like to to feel loved, to be loved, then you can just devastate me, take my life, whatever. I I just want to know. I've never felt any love from anybody. I have never loved anyone that I know of. And uh, But I walked away because I knew that nobody heard me. I got into an old beat up car with my two little sons. And we went to Seattle from Kansas City and ended up in government housing. We had no money, no food. Uh, we slept on the floor in sleeping bags. And we had a, a gas heater that heated our unit. We had a little light underneath a pilot light. And we pretend that was a campfire and we were camping and the boys just loved it they thought it was great we could run through the house because we didn't have any furniture and uh, wouldn't break anything we went to the library and got books and read them um so we had a, a pretty good time I got a good job and in this job uh I, there was a lady that I met um uh, who said she had met the man that I would marry. And I was really angry because I said, no, I will never, ever get married again. That's out of the question. But this man called that night and uh, his voice was so nice. And he asked me if I wanted to go skeet shooting I didn't know what a, a skeet was, and I didn't want to kill one, but um, I, I said yes for some strange reason, and uh, we couldn't go skeet shooting the next night because it snowed. I found out a skeet is a clay pigeon you threw up in the air and practiced shooting it with a gun, so uh, anyway, I uh, in 28 days, um, from the time I met this man, we were married. Uh, he was the most wonderful person that I'd ever met. He was kind, and he loved my two sons, and he was so good to me. He owned his own house. He had a good job. Uh, he wasn't abusive to alcohol or people. And I, for one solid year, just like in my my. My conversation with God that night, I, my deal with Him, just give me one year. So we were married for one year exactly, and He had bought this this tavern, which I was opposed to because I didn't like alcohol and what alcohol had done to me in my life. Anyway, uh, He bought this tavern, and uh, I never worked there except one night a week, and that was on Monday nights. We had a promotion, and uh, I. Uh, uh, that was the only night that I worked. Uh, so that night, uh, I was uh, April 6. I went, got ready to go to work. And I kissed my two boys goodbye and walked out the door um, and went into the tavern. And as I walked in the door, my husband was leaning over the counter talking on the phone. And I thought, why is he doing that? i was so busy. Uh, he He then came over and grabbed me by the arm and was pulling me out the door saying words i just didn't understand and that was that my son mark had been hit by a car we went to the hospital and uh saw the ambulance come in and the doctor came out asking me, you know, how this happened uh, kind of angry. And I said, I don't know. I don't know how this happened. And, and they took Mark away and led us into a waiting room and we waited there hour after excruciating hour uh, just listening to the sounds of the hospital. And we walked out the hallway and I was looking out the window and dawn was approaching uh, lights were coming on and houses and cars were going by and, uh, I just thought, how can people be starting just a normal day uh, when these tragedies are happening in this hospital, new lives are being born, and, and my son's life is being taken away? I heard footsteps coming down the hall, and it was uh, a doctor, and he said the words that I just didn't want to hear, that Mark had died. And we went into his room, and he was so cold, that I pulled the covers up over him and, and kissed him and saw a tear in his eye, and I said, don't cry, Mark, because Mommy's here, just as, as if I could make it all better, and moms can always make things better, but uh, I couldn't. And I collapsed at that point, and uh, when we did get home, my other son, Chris, was, the, as, was there and came and said, Mommy, did you hear what happened to Mark? And... Uh, I said, yes, Chris, but the doctors couldn't fix him. And it was a horrible, horrible time in my marriage. Uh, uh, I became isolated, could not leave the house at all. And my husband, Don, was kind of urging me to try to move on after a while. And I would get very angry. I can't move on. I don't want to move on. I didn't want to smile because I felt so guilty. And uh, But he insisted one night that we go out. And... Um, As we even approached the car I was so angry with him and kind of arguing back and forth and we got in the car by that time I was yelling at him and he was trying to drive the car and I was just screaming he's yelling back at me and uh, he told me again to move on and I I just came across the seats with all the anger and frustration that had built up inside of me and smashing at his face and and saying I'll never move on and, and, and just screaming at him and he took his arm and came across the seat pushing me away but he hit me in the side of the back and and i just fell over to my side of the car and i uh, just said please take me home which he did and i took the keys to the car he was in the bathroom splashing water in his face and i took the keys to the car and took off because that's what i always did when i was frustrated or fearful i would run and i took off the car and i felt this terrible pain inside of me but uh, I didn't know whether it was just my heart breaking or whether I really was hurt but I couldn't understand what was wrong and uh, after a while I had to stop the car and got out and it was pouring down rain and it was soaking wet and I thought I have to get back home and I have no idea how I drove the car home because I was in terrible pain. I was crawling kind of up the driveway walking slowly and and Don was at the door and he was furious with me and and I said I needed an ambulance there's something really bad wrong with me and and I it was I was just a mess my clothes are all undone I, rain soaked and uh and he said well if you're really that bad I'll take you to the hospital and so he took me and uh, we were we're talking back in the 1960s, late 60s, they didn't have MRIs or CAT scans to diagnose problems, but they could tell my blood count was dropping drastically, my blood pressure, uh, and the doctors came in and said that I needed to go into surgery right away. Um, and uh, I was very fearful at that point. I didn't want to. I didn't know who these doctors were or what, but I didn't have a choice at that point. Uh, they wheeled me down the hallway and, uh, and into the operating room, and I could see the doctors leaning over me and the nurses, and they put a, the mask over my face, and I knew that I should be fading out, which I did. Everything went black, but I was very much aware that where I was and what was happening Although I could not breathe, I was struggling to breathe, and I had my I, my arms were tied down or were secured uh, while I was in surgery, and and uh, I couldn't breathe. I, I was just totally panicked. But everything was totally black. I couldn't I couldn't yell for help. I couldn't bring my hands up to pull the mask down off of my face to breathe or anything. And it was like at a lake where you're drowning, you're underwater, you can't breathe. And it was totally dark. And I kind of moved through this darkness and out the other side. And all of a sudden, I didn't need to breathe anymore, but um, I I still was panicky. and And then I started feeling more calm and the need to breathe was was just gone and i started going down a tunnel or a cave whatever you want to call it It was a a darkened space there were four individuals standing off to my left and i don't know who they were Um, they could have been distant relatives of mine i they weren't people that i knew that i knew that i knew (laughs) and they were dressed in street clothes normal people they weren't angels or anything they didn't have wings Uh, Just normal people with very concerned looks on their faces. And I was curious, well, why are they looking at me like that? And then I saw down below me, my husband and my sons, they were around a lamppost and it was raining and they were crying because I was dead. And I wanted to tell them, no, I'm I'm not dead. I'm fine. Everything's all right. And I knew it was okay to leave them. I I knew they would be all right. And so I, I went on, continued down the tunnel And the thought came to me, there is no God. And all of a sudden I had this horrendous noise that just pounded through my head like a locomotive right next to you and a a burning through the chest, like a rope being pulled through me a million miles an hour. And then it stopped and I knew that God existed. I know if I put my hand out in front of me, that's my hand. You're not going to in any way convince me that's not my hand. I know that I know that I know God existed. I mean, it was exciting to me because I had not believed in God. And then the same noise came, the same pulling through. My chest. I have no idea what that was about, other than I've thought, well, maybe that was God just burning the unbelief and the pain out of me. I I don't know. But that same thing happened and the thought came to me, there is there is no heaven. And I saw beyond me a brilliant light and, and some type of structure holding it back, but I was moving towards it knowing I was going into heaven. I felt the most complete peace, the most complete feeling of just complete euphoria of nothing like anything I've ever experienced on earth. Just the t- I don't know whether you want to call it love, you want to call it peace, you want to call it euphoria. It, it was just a a complete, complete feeling that i have never experienced before something that drew me so strongly that i i can't explain it and then the floor just dropped out beneath me and i started falling into complete darkness and i felt the pain of burning but no flames and i heard others screaming uh oh in the distance and and i knew i was in hell And I felt the peace leave me. I knew God didn't even know this place existed. I felt completely, uh, completely like I never existed, Uh, that that God couldn't come in here and save me because he didn't enter into this place or he didn't even know it was there or I was in the black hole of space, who knows where I was. But I know I had the feeling that I was in hell and I was screaming because I had just prior to that felt this peace of god i felt heaven i felt what it was like to to know god and all of a sudden it, that that's gone and replaced with this horror knowing that this was forever and ever and ever there was no escaping it no one was going to save me no one even knew where i was they couldn't get me even if they knew how there where i was but i knew that was for ever. I couldn't commit suicide. I couldn't stop it in any way. I would just fall forever and ever and ever. And um, I don't know if you've ever you know, felt that feeling of falling. It, it was that sensation along with the pain, along with the screaming, along with the darkness, along with knowing that I was isolated forever. I'm screaming out to God, please forgive me, God. I know you exist. Please forgive me. Please take me out of this place. And I'm screaming and screaming, and screaming. And all of a sudden, I felt myself spiraling backwards, backwards, back into the tunnel, back through the tunnel to what was like an entrance into life. And I didn't want to come back at that point. I, I wanted to be. I was so drawn to the peace of God, to being with God. I could have left my husband, my children, who I adore. I love my children. I love my husband. I could have left them to stay in that place. That's how strong that draw was to be with God. And I heard a voice at that point say, bring people to me. I believe that was a voice of God. And I felt the will to live enter back into my body. It was an actual thing. My feeling is, is that the spirit in us is who we are, it was separated at the time of death, and that's what lives on. Your body decays, turns to dust, whatever, but your spirit lives on. And that's what had the experience. That's who you are, actually. I felt that spirit enter back into my body, and at that point came back through into life, was screaming at the doctors, I died, I died, you know, and you're very sick, and <laughs> it would put me back under. But uh uh then when I, this was over and I was wheeled into the recovery room, I'm screaming again to my husband, "I died! I died! I I know God lives and and exists and and He believed me from the very beginning." But that was almost 50 years ago, and it's as alive to me today as it was then. And I have spent the last 50 years of my life evangelizing to anyone that will listen to me. If I see someone on the street that looks pretty downcast, I'm gonna tell them, "You know, there's hope here." There's there's hope here in life, and you don't have to live in despair. And I don't. I mean, I, I went to sleep about a month after this happened. I was home. And I, was, I didn't know anything about God or going to church or anything like that. And I searched, and I don't Really believe church is the answer. I believe it's a relationship with God that's the answer. Uh, you know that's what we need to pray towards and to believe in. And church is a good thing. I certainly go to church because it helps me. But uh, but at any point, I went to sleep one night. I had this dream of starting a business, and we were bankrupt because of the bills we had to the death of my son, bills we had for me in the hospital, I mean, uh, these critical injuries and the critical things that they had to bring in, brain surgeons and all these things, but uh, I, we were totally bankrupt. The business we had had gone under. My father had dropped dead of a heart attack in the midst of all this. We were going bankrupt in our business. And, and my son was killed. It's horrible things that happened to us a year after, just like the bargain I'd made to, with God. You know, take my life, devastate me, just give me one year of happiness. Well, I had my year and all this happened. But God redeemed me, brought me back. I had this dream of starting a business. I started this business. It's called Customer Research Incorporated. I mean, if you can go online and check it out. And in, in the about section of the business is my story, how I started this business. And uh, uh, and it was a success. We became very financially secure. Uh, God has blessed me every step of my life the past 50 years uh my my children all believe in god my husband believes in god we are all all very strong in our faith and life has been great for me um but i spend it doing just what i'm doing now so the opportunity to be able to tell my story and would love to talk to anybody that wants to reach me is welcome to uh go to my uh email and and ask me anything they'd like and i just want to mention one thing too that i did Write my story in a book, a memoir that I have just finished that's out on Amazon. And it's called "Is It Safe to Die." <laughs> this is a picture of it. Is it safe to die? And uh, and it's on Amazon. All you have to do is just Google Amazon. Just go book. Is it safe to die? And that uh, it will pop up, and you can read the introduction for free. It doesn't cost anything, and and uh, determine if you really want to buy the book or not tells my story, the introduction does.